Welcome to Foolish Voices, a Company of Fools podcast. Company of Fools is a professional theater based in Sun Valley, Idaho, and is a proud part of the Sun Valley Museum of Art. More information on Company of Fools and the museum can be found online at svmoa.org. Welcome to Foolish Voices. I'm Scott Palmer, Producing Artistic Director of Company of Fools. And on this show, we talk to a wide range of theater artists, both here in Sun Valley and all across the world, about how the current global health crisis is impacting their work, about their creative lives, and about their hopes for the future of our art form. Please consider supporting Company of Fools by making a donation in any amount via our podcast platform or online at svmoa.org. In this episode, I am very excited to be talking with my friend, Portland-based actor Yesenia Lopez. Yesenia holds a Bachelor of Arts in Theater and a Bachelor of Arts in Communications and Public Relations from California State University of Sacramento. Yesenia's last time on stage before the COVID-19 crisis was in February of 2020 at the Milagro stage in Portland, Oregon, as Minerva in In the Time of Butterflies. She has also worked with Bag and Baggage Productions, where she performed in The Island in Winter, for which she received a Broadway World Award for Best Featured Actress in a Play. Her favorite past roles include Zoot Zoot as Lupe, Water by the Spoonful as Odessa, Women of Juarez as Maritza, oh my gosh, didn't pronounce that right, and Electricidad as Electricidad. When Yesenia is not on stage, she works as a marketing coordinator for a sports accessory store and also dabbles with both graphic design and web development. Hi, Yesenia. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to Foolish Voices. Hi. How are you? I'm doing well, considering everything that's going on in the world. I'm doing well. Yeah. Are you have you been healthy? You know, I've been trying to stay as healthy as I can. Um, it's been a little difficult because I've always struggled with depression and anxiety. And during these times, it gets very hard to not get back in that, you know, wormhole of just anxiety and you're alone all the time. So all these thoughts just kind of creep up. And so um, aside from that, I've been doing well. I've been trying to keep myself busy to not let those ugly things get in my way. Good. Good. That's super yeah. good advice for all of us. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. So I'm assuming that once, I mean, it's been nine weeks or so since this whole thing came down and I'm assuming that it had an impact on your performing work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, during, when all of this was barely starting, you know, we, us here in the U.S., we were kind of like, oh, you know, I guess our government didn't really kind of warn us too much or we didn't really think about it too much um, because back in February, we were still trying to, you know, we still didn't see this huge thing coming our way. And I was still doing, I was actually in the middle of a run when all of this was kind of beginning to escalate really badly. And was and, that with, it was that in the time of butterflies with Milagro? Yes. Yes, that was during that time. And I mean, we, we, you know, we still had full houses and we didn't really think much of it. And then we closed like March 1st, that weekend. And then the next weekend, it's like, okay, nobody can go anywhere. And it was just so crazy. And at that moment, I'm like, 
I didn't think how crazy it was going to be. And, you know, it's, it's scary. It was so scary. And, um, you know, I, I'm still thinking about it. And I was grateful to do a show before all of this happened. But, you know, I was just thinking that all of this was going on and people were already getting infected. And it's just crazy thoughts, you know? Yeah, I mean, yes, I know exactly. <laughs> I know exactly what yeah. you mean. I mean, I mean, we're all in exactly the same position. Um, for people who don't know, tell us a little bit just about Milagro because you you've worked with Milagro quite a bit. What what what's Milagro's deal? So I really enjoy working there because they have the they have the opportunity to tell stories for people of color and for me that's something that's really important as a performer and it's also something that I don't really get in a lot of other places a lot of theater companies and um it's I've been working there I feel good working there I feel at home I feel like hey this is I can be me I can tell my stories as a Latinx woman, you know, as a Mexican-American, as a woman of color. Um, and it just makes me feel good. Like, if, it makes me feel like my stories are being heard and appreciated. And it's hard to get that elsewhere. And I'll, actually, a lot of theater companies are you know, we, we've made a stride, I feel, and um, everywhere is, like, a lot of theater companies are now, it's, they're understanding, and I love that, and I think um, it's, it's a little scary for the future, but um, going back to your question, um, what was your question? <laughs> <laughs> you answered it. Why do you love working at Milagro? <laughs> that was yeah, the, there we go. I there love it is. Because I want my stories to be told. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. So you 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 have this great background both in theater and also communications and public relations. I always tell people it's a good idea to have something to fall back on. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you were and and sort of you you went to California State University in Sacramento. What um what brought you to the Portland area? Oh boy. So I got engaged. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I found a boy. Oh, uh, it happens. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, oh, he's a cutie. And, um, uh, you know, and I also just wanted to kind of get out of Sacramento. I love it there. My family's there, but there's not a lot of theater hype going on down there. Mm -hmm. And um, I found this as a new opera, as an opportunity to try out new things, try a change of scenery and um, just, you know, do it. And so, and there was the boy. And so I moved out here and honestly, it's been amazing. I love it here. I love the Portland area. And, um, you know, I'm still with the cute boys. So that's a good thing. That is a good thing. Yeah, he's super supportive and we're both doing well during this crazy time. Good. And you and you've and you I mean you've been busy. You've gotten quite a bit of work as a performer since you've moved to the Portland area, right? Yeah, but you know, the first 2 years since I moved to Portland, it 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 was hard for me. Um and it was it was I didn't know a single person in Oregon at all. And I just really moved up here 
you know, out of the blue. And I decided, hey, I, I, I've done theater, you know, let me try it out here. Let's try to fit into these theater communities. And it was just really hard for me at first. Um, just, I think I was also very shy and insecure. I that doesn't like, sound like you. I know, but <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh my God, nobody knows me here. I don't have any friends. What am I going to do? Um, so I think I also just didn't want to go audition because I was just feeling so shy at first. I'm like, what if they don't like me here? And it, it was just my insecurity talking. And, um, you know, eventually I did it. And once I did, oh gosh, I love the theater community down here. It is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Do you, I mean, do you feel like as, as a, a performer of color that the Portland area theater community, I mean, I've heard this from a lot of folks that you and I have both worked with, right? Particularly Latinx actors um, in the Portland area, that it can be really challenging for artists of color to kind of break in to the the broader kind of Portland theater community. Do you, do you did you feel like that when oh, you first yes. got there? Yeah. Yes. I think that was my my struggle. Um, you know, it, 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 I felt very intimidated by other theater companies and I I was like, is it me? Is it is it because I'm a person of color? It's challenging. Um, you know, and thanks to Milagro who kind of opened their doors for me. That's why I think it's always felt like home. Um, I was able to kind of, you know, get my foot in the door. And I, I think that is how eventually, and, you know, I expanded into other and theaters and yeah, but it's hard. It is hard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so what, what is it that drew you in the first place, just as a, as a young woman, like why, why theater? Like what, what was the reason you wanted to be a performer? You know, (laughs) (laughs) for me, I can't pinpoint an exact moment when I just knew it was theater. I think I've always just felt it. And coming from my culture, I can only speak for mine and the one I grew up in, but both of my parents are from Mexico. And they raised me, um, they, they, they both came as immigrants to the U.S. to give me a better future, things that they could not provide in Mexico. And for me, I always grew up like, okay, my parents did this, so I have to find a way to help them back when, you know, I'm older, maybe get a doctor salary or <laughs> salary. <laughs> oh boy. Um, but yeah, that didn't work out. Um, and it's not like my parents have ever asked me for anything in return, not at all, but it's just something that, you know, in our culture, it's kind of ingrained in us as the children to just always know that we have to one day help our parents because they're always going to be in the lower class and we have to somehow help them financially maybe and I think that's why I've never fully just do like you know just went in for theater and that's why I have my day job too in in marketing and I think it's it's a little bit of some guilt that I feel yeah. and, mm. and and it's hard to erase that you know because you 
and my dad works in construction my mom worked in the fields and it's just like oh I just want to be an actor and um, you know and, and it's always been a little hard the thing is my parents have always been supportive and they've never asked for anything and I think it's just some guilt that is there that's been there since forever since I can since I know and um yeah I, I've always known that theater is what I want what I want to do that's who I am that's what defines me it's just always been hard to let it fully just take over me right yeah. well I mean your parents love you and they want you to be happy. I'm not, I'm not here to be your psychotherapist. I'm not kidding, but I mean, (laughs) I mean, you're incredibly talented and you're a fantastic performer and you're also hilarious and lovely as a human being. So uh, I can't imagine that your parents are not just unbelievably proud of who you are and what you do. So Thank you. Uh, of course, of course. I mean, it's. I, I would love to hear a little bit more just about if, if you're comfortable sharing just a little bit about your parents' sort of journey and, and, you know, coming here as immigrants and what that was like for you as a young, as a young child. I mean, I think, I think so many people, particularly in theater, you know, as we, as we push for more equity and more inclusion and greater diversity on our stages that we often forget that a lot of the stories that people have coming to this country are the same stories that we don't see on theater stages, right? Mm-hmm. Like, right. we don't get to see the story of your parents and of you as a young person on theaters, very, on stages very often. So, so can you tell us just a little bit more about, yeah. about that? Yeah, of course. And I can't believe you've never told me this story. I can't believe you've never talked <laughs> about it. I know. I think it's just, you know, there's such a, a negative thing when I think, you know, growing up my whole life saying, oh, well, my parents are immigrants and I am proud of it. But here in the U.S., it, not everybody is, you know, willing to kind of hear or understand that these are not just, these are people, you know, and it's um, my dad, he and my mom met while they were, you know, they were both in, living in Mexico, of course. And um, they decided they wanted to pursue it. Once I was born, they did. I was actually born in the U.S. Here's the thing. My dad brought me to the U.S. with my mom, of course, so that they knew they were, my mom was already pregnant. And they brought me to the U.S. so I would be born with papers so I could mm-hmm. be a legal citizen. Or, yeah. And so it was a decision that they made because, you know, the nearest school in Mexico where my parents live is like a two hour bus ride. They know that these resources that they want to provide for me will not be there in their little hometown in Mexico. So for them, it was, you know, this was something that they had to do. And I, you know, it's hard to see these stories. It's hard to see my story being seen on stage. I don't always see these stories. And when I do, it's such an amazing feeling because it is who I am. You know, Mm -hmm. my parents are immigrants. And, you know, after I was born, we all went back to Mexico real quick just to kind of get our, our things sorted out, kind of get our, my parents' paperwork set up straight and everything. Um, 
But, you know, in the end, my parents did what they had to do for me and for my little sister. And, um, and I'm always going to be grateful for that. And if I ever see that on stage, it's, it's, it's amazing. And I, and I do see that in some stages now more that we've been evolving in theater. And I, I, it feels great when you really do see yourself on stage, you know? So. Well, it's interesting because I remember you and I had the, the, opportunity to work together on the island in winter which was Mm -hmm. uh the first play in in bag and baggage productions their problem play project it was a play adapting um winter's tale from a sort of cuban-american cuban immigrant perspective and um you know I, i was very proud to be a part of the the process of bringing that kind of immigrant story on stage and I mean just the energy and the love and support and connection in that room right like it was (laughs) it was amazing and warm and it just it felt good can you talk just talk to people talk talk a little bit about what working on the island in winter was sort of like um just you know Full disclosure, I was the director on that show, so you can, you know, if you want to say something terrible about me, do it later. Don't do it now. Oh, man. First of all, the director. Oh, he was a nightmare. (laughs) No, I think, you know, for me doing, uh, having the opportunity to be in that play um, was really amazing because, especially for me, my character was literally saving a, a, a baby, bringing it from Cuba to the United States. And for me, it's like, it, it was my parents. It was, I don't think I ever talked about it within the cast or the crew, but I, for me, it was, I was portraying my parents. I was, I was actually doing something that my parents did and along the way the character that I was playing, she dies. And and that's the story of a lot of other immigrants, a lot of people that try to do something for the, for the, you know, what they can for their children. And along the way, they, they tragically die. They get sent back to these countries that do not have any resources to help them out. And it, it, for me playing, being in that show was just, amazing and it was an amazing opportunity because I really did get to play my parents mm-hmm. you know and story tell and, and tell my story my personal story of my parents and all of the people that I know that I'm connected to all of my aunts and uncles and their stories so it, it was an amazing opportunity yeah and you were really good in it <laughs> <laughs> I could just, I just remember, oh my gosh, I just remember working on those scenes with you and, and uh, just how heartbreaking and, and, and funny. I mean, the yeah. first, you know, the first like 20 minutes of the play is actually pretty hilarious and your, yeah, yeah. your character was absolutely brilliant and fun. Yeah, it was super great. And you and I, I'd be, I just automatically felt like, oh, yep, there's, that's that's my that's my sister that's my friend we're gonna yeah, be forever yeah, yeah. it was such a great connection I loved it I love I, I mean I'm so glad that that was was part of your experience and working on that show and I I'm so happy that you found a, a kind of home at Milagro which is you know tells such important stories for 
communities that don't often see their stories on traditional stages. Are you, as we sort of work our way through this horrible global pandemic, are you worried that we're gonna see fewer and fewer of those kinds of stories? Oh yeah, that's, um, that's actually, you know, been one of my main concerns. And I think it's brought a lot of anxiety into my life lately. And I think it's just, I'm thinking about, well, we have all of this going on. So when they, when theater companies are deciding what shows they would like to do, are they going to go the more, you know, risky kind of these stories that aren't, you know, as, comment or as you know that they're a little bit more different than you know let's go with neil simon or something something more general safe yeah something safe safe. quote unquote there we go thank you so it 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 does it makes me a little concerned it makes me a little worried and scared that stories that are for the latinx community or by the latinx community are going to be kind of, you know, put aside for a little bit. Um, And then eventually, what if they don't come back? It makes me worried. And I don't know what to feel like, what to, what can I do about it? You know, what can we all do about it? We're in this crisis right now, where we're all kind of in the unknown air. And it's important for theater companies to survive. And I understand that I'm just I'm worried, so. Yeah, I'm worried about it too. I mean, I think, you know, it's important for us to have these conversations and for people to hear these conversations. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, what what are you hoping, you, th- this is such an incredible time of uncertainty, right? Like, right. we don't know when it's gonna be over. We don't know when we're gonna be get, able to get back into the theaters. We don't know when we're gonna be able to get together to rehearse, all of those kinds of things. Are there things about, kind of the way theater works um, that you hope will be forever changed as a result of this? Like, I, I, I've been saying for a couple of weeks now that that there are things that are that have been broken about American theater that yeah. this is the only time that we that we have to change those things, right? So what, right. what are you kind of hoping we learn from this? Uh, that is hard because you know, I'm seeing a lot of things about theater companies that are, they're, you know, a lot of companies, a lot of theater communities are doing a lot of things online where you're doing a lot of Zoom reading, Zoom performances, Zoom scenes, and it, 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 it's, it makes me um, feel a little strange oh really (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's not theater it's not where are the costume designers where is the light crew um and it makes me concerned about them like well I see a lot of my friends that are actors that are doing readings but what about you know all of the crew that's working hard that's always worked hard in theater if not harder than the performers and um it's kind of hard to know what to do during these times but I just I feel like a little just 
a little bit of that is getting broken along the way. And it's, it's great if it's like, you know, if it, it's an activity to kind of keep yourself busy during these times and say, hey, performers are still here. But I mean, I just think about all of everybody else and how that's not theater. And it, it scares me, you know, it's, there's nothing like being face to face with someone and, and performing and, and having a stage manager and just, you know, and having it all, the lights and the glitter. That's <laughs> Did you say glitter? Yes, I want you, glitter. You know how I feel about glitter. <laughs> but I, love I don't it. like it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, um, so are you, are you, have you just not done anything online? Are you just like, no, not for me? No, I haven't. Um, I'd taken a class, but that was before the mm-hmm. pandemic. Um, and it, yeah, but no, I haven't. And I, I, sometimes I feel a little guilty because I don't have motivation to do them. So it makes me feel like, come on, yes, get it together, do it. But I just, I, I it's hard for me to do it. I, I don't. You well, know, you I, are, you are a performer who loves the audience, right? Like you, yeah. <laughs> you love that. <laughs> you love that interaction and that connection to the people in, in the house. So mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, is it, is it that, I mean, I think it's really interesting because so we, you and I know a ton of people who are like, yep, let's get online. Let's do all this. Stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I, I'm like you, I just don't have the motivation to do it. I just don't feel drawn to it. Um, and for you as a performer, is it because of that sort of lack of connection to the audience or is it the glitz and glamour of the, the lights and the costumes and all that? What is it about it that just doesn't speak to you? It just, I think I need, it, it's the face-to-face, the audience, the everything, everything that makes up what theater is, what theater you know, what we've always done, that's, it's not Zoom to me. And, you know, I respect it. I just, for me, it hasn't just motivated me to do it. I just don't see it as the theater that I love. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes, I do know exactly (laughs) what you mean. Yes. I'm, I'm in the same boat. I mean, I just, you know, we're doing the podcast and that's been great and it's people are listening and that's super helpful. Um, you know, we, we've been doing some short sort of like video kind of kids theater education stuff, which mm-hmm. has been really helpful. Parents and kids are loving it, but, but I, the team here and I are just, we're all sort of really resistant to the idea of, you know, let's throw a show online. Let's read something yeah. on Zoom. None of us are just, we're just not feeling the vibe, girl. We're just not feeling it. Yes, thank you. <laughs> and I think that's okay. I mean, and it's also okay that, that lots of people we know do feel that vibe and do feel that that energy to, to draw themselves to doing stuff online. I mean, if there was a, if there was a thing, if there was a thing that I was like, you saying, yeah, I have something I want you to do and I want you to do it online. What would it have to be in order for you to say yes? And I'm taking, well, and I'm taking you just asking me, I guess. Oh, I have to. now you're sucking up for no reason. <laughs> oh, but don't you love it? Um, I do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if it's just time for me. I think I'm just, you know, will I get like desperate in a couple of weeks and I'll just be like, oh my God, I just, 
give me a script. I need to read it. You know, um, I, I, I just, I think I'm just hopeful that like, Hey, everybody, it's okay. If we're just resting a little bit, theaters are going to open back up soon and then we'll go to auditions and then everything will be lovely and great. I don't, you know, but that's also not very, um, realistic right now and also you know what happens when theaters do open is it going to be a 30 seat house you you know so I understand that so as far as the online thing I'm not sure I think it may just be time maybe I'm just being a grouch right now because (laughs) you know maybe I'm just being negative Nancy and it, it could be that I just I miss theater I miss the feeling of of just going into knowing that it's going to be in a room full of people who have worked together to put this single thing on stage. Um, so maybe it's just that. Yeah. What do you, what do you think, what do you think it could look like when we're done? Like, what's your hope? Oh, my hope is that all the theater companies that are working their tails off to survive, do make it out. I'm scared for them. You know, it, it, it's a hard time. And it, it, theater is such an important thing to us in the community that we feel for it. And I don't, I don't know what to expect of it. I question it. Like, so what are we going to only have 30 seat houses in a performance does that mean longer runs does that mean you know like what does it all mean I don't know I don't think it's it's a clear answer right now but I I am hopeful that at least they will survive and we'll find a way to story tell and do what we've always done I mean theaters existed for thousands and thousands of years and I I think it still will survive, but it's just right now it's on. It's looking a little scary for yeah. us. <laughs> it's it looking a little scary. As an yeah. actor, would you? Uh, I mean, we just heard to yesterday, I guess, that Equity Actors Equity Association, the union, has sort of put all all these recommendations about you have to meet a whole bunch of standards before they will allow their union members to perform. And one of them, you know, it's things like you have to do social distance or you, there are implications that are, you would have to do socially distant blocking, right? Like that you wouldn't, you wouldn't, uh, actors wouldn't have dressers backstage because it's too, there's, you know, too close. Um, Would, are you prepared to go back into a process as an actor where you might not be able to be close to the other actors or, you know, you like, how does that, that feel to you as an actor? Like, so no more stage kissing. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <sighs> At least for a know. while. That's the only reason why I do this. Um, no, I don't know. It, I think I, I would, you know, for the love of theater, I would do, I would respect the fact that there has to be social distancing in place, but it's hard to think about okay, well, you know, we all get so close. There's so much, there's not much personal space when it comes to theater, when we're just on stage right there. So it's hard to envision 
the director saying, all right, you're, you're a little too close there. You're five feet. You need to get, you, get over there a little bit more now. <laughs> Back off. <laughs> Back off. No, no kissing, only air kisses. So it's, it's hard to imagine that. I really don't even know what that would look like. I mean, I'm sure it would work out, I think. Um, but I would be obviously not prepared but i would try to take it on right you know right. yeah you gotta do what you gotta do and, and if that's the only way to keep it alive you know air kisses it is yeah <clears throat> it's interesting because it's it you know one of the big questions that people are asking is it, it's not even just about whether or not theater is going to come back. It's about whether or not audiences are going to want to come back. Right. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. even if we did open in September, start doing shows in the fall, will people be ready to come back? And I think that's a really interesting question. But one of the other questions that I'm not sure we're asking enough is will talented performers like you be prepared to come back to theaters if there are going to be such huge restrictions on the way you can perform, right? Yeah. Uh, it's good to know you're prepared to give it a try, um, but I think I think there are some artists that out there that might be like, look, this isn't what I trained to do. This right, isn't, right, this isn't right. what I wanna do. Um, right. I'm gonna just stick it out until we get back to normal and you know, there's a vaccine or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think it, I mean, I think there's just so many, like you said, there are just so many unknowns. Yeah, I, that is, that is something to think about. And, you know, what do people want to go? I, you know, I, I don't know. I think they're going to start opening up malls here soon. I, I'm not going, at least not anytime soon. So it makes you think about people who usually go to theater, like, no, oh, they're open up theaters but I mean are people even going to go uh, that is true and yeah everything that we've trained for is just going to be kind of thrown out the window and that's scary that's a yeah. lot of unknowns and it, I you know it's it's a little bit of a weird situation a lot of a weird <laughs> a lot well I, I'm yes I think you're right I mean I think you know as long as as long as People like you, people like me are being thoughtful and smart and keep talking about it. We're yeah. going to figure it out. We're going to figure it out. And I now have to figure out something that I can do that will make you excited about performing online. Ooh, yes. Um, <laughs> yes, do it. <laughs> I will. That's, I mean, because honestly, it's one of the things, you know, about this time for me, it makes me want to reach out to those artists that I love and people whose performances I love. And, you know, that's sort of where I find a lot of in excitement and, and energy and hope mm -hmm. is knowing mm -hmm. that, you know, there's a bunch of really fantastic actors here in Idaho and I love them and they're great. But now actually I could get those folks that I have here to work with folks in Portland that I also love or people, even people in Scotland or in Seattle, right? Like there's, right. I don't have to worry about it. I could cast you guys in anything and just make you do it from home on your Zoom. So that's true. That <laughs> is be great. true. That'd be exciting. Well, my sweet, first of all, let me tell you this, Brian, my husband says, hello. He told oh, me, hi. Hey, hi. Oh. He, he misses you and he wishes that we could all hang out. I know. And I know. Yeah. Grab some drinks. And exactly. Stuff. And just gossip and 
Talk Good about time. boys. Talk about boys. Talk about boys. That's what we do. Yep. <laughs> uh, I'm so I'm so happy to hear your voice, and I'm so happy that you're well. Will you please just keep me posted on how things are going? Yes, I will. Yes, I okay. will. And you too, please. And keep I will. Updated. Keep posting bread pictures. Oh, please. you you like those? Oh, I love those. Okay. Yes. So, yeah, I'm getting pretty good at the bread. Look at you. Yeah, I am. It's not. Is it like when you tear it apart? Is it just soft and oh my God. just perfect? Did you see? I posted something the other day. I made a rosemary garlic sea salt loaf. I saw that. Oh my God. It was yeah. the most beautiful looking bread I've ever seen in my life. I couldn't believe I made it. And I cut into it and it was so dense. You could have, it was like a, oh. it was like oh. a brick. Was, oh, really? Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> it looked beautiful. Oh, it it looked so beautiful. It, it looked, looked gorgeous, but I was like, yeah, no, this is terrible. Like, oh gosh. Yeah. We're going to turn it into like breadcrumbs or something. That, yeah, you know, that's perfect. Usable, rather than having to gnaw on it like it was a rock. But yeah. Yep. I'm all about how things look, you say, you know that, right? If it looks yeah, pretty, it's all good. Yeah, of course. You had a post about it, too, you know? It's perfect, you know? People won't know that it was a rock. It's they the, not until it. they listen to this, and then they'll all be yeah. like, oh, that guy has no idea what he's doing. He's a terrible baby. <laughs> uh, my name is Scott Palmer. I'm producing artistic director of Company of Fools, and you have been listening to Foolish Voices. If you have enjoyed my conversation with Yesenia Lopez, who is a brilliant, wonderful, hilarious angel of goodness and light in the universe and an actor based in Portland, Oregon. If you enjoyed our conversation, please consider making a donation uh, to support Company of Fools in any amount via our podcast platform or online at our parent organization's website. That is the Sun Valley Museum of Arts website, svmoa.org. And Yesenia, do you want me to put a link to Milagro or somebody else um, in case people want to support your projects back in Portland? Uh, yeah, I'll, I can email you. Yeah. Okay. So we'll yeah. have, we'll have some information on the description of this podcast. Um, so you can continue to support work of artists like Yesenia, uh, and get, throw a couple bucks her way, throw a couple bucks. That would be great. Um, I miss you. I miss you too. Take care. And we'll talk to you again very soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.